it's about what actions are you really taking? And that's why I feel like there are companies that are doing well. And even though the companies that are doing well, there are still, you know, some little raisins here and there that where mishaps happen. But we need to work DEI from inside out, from within. I'm seeing a lot of things where we are, companies are claiming to be diverse or claiming to be inclusive, but are your people saying the same thing? Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. I'm more than thrilled that we are opening up enrollment for the next cohort of You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. I've been coaching for over 10 years, and I know that sometimes you need accountability to make progress. Since launching my leadership coaching practice, I've spoken to so many leaders that have been reflecting on what they really want in their lives and careers. They know that they need a change. They put so much into their work every day, and it needs to mean more. If you've been reflecting on what you really want, listen up. We've built a journey to get you to action, to living your values, building and sticking to your boundaries, to live the life and have the career you want. And guess what? You get friends to go along the journey with you. You'll learn together and you'll celebrate together. You'll get a digital learning path, live group coaching, and actionable tools and processes to build and create a life and have a career aligned to your values. What do you really need at this stage in your career? Is it getting that bigger job that aligns with your values? Is it building boundaries so that you show up to life and work with more energy and time for the things that are most important? Is it working through limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck from fully showing up in the spaces that you occupy? Is it figuring out that next stage in your journey to make sure you have the impact that you want? Our founding group, of You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching participants has already tackled many of these important questions. They've found clarity, and most importantly, they've had the support to take action on the next right thing. We are starting with our waitlist and then opening up spots to our community. Learn more at thecatchgroup.com to apply to You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in top jobs. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-Suite. Apply now at thecatchgroup.com. Welcome to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I'm excited to have our guest today, Vivian Aqua. As an inclusive workplace wellness advocate, Vivian advises managers on how to keep their team members engaged, energized, and safe in a sustainable manner. Vivian is making topics related to workplace wellness and DNI accessible to everyone. She provides people with the right tools at the right time to embrace inclusive changes. She motivates people to think consciously and inspire them to take action. 
I had such a great conversation with Vivian as we talked about why DEI is important in the workplace beyond the U.S. point of view. And we dug into traditional leadership versus inclusive leadership behaviors. I love the way Vivian used analogies to dig into this conversation and different topics on DEI. Vivian has been very generous with our listeners. Listen until the end of this episode to find out how you can win a spot to an amazing virtual leadership experience, the Amplify DEI Summit, by ensuring that you are a part of our You Belong in the C-Suite community. Let's get started. Well, welcome so much to our podcast episode of You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. We're so excited to have you, Vivian, and I would just love for you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us your story. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. You're asking like five questions in one, but I'll, 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 I'll manage. So my name is Vivian Aqua. I am born and raised in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and a lot of people know me by now as the inclusive workplace wellness advocate. Um, you want to learn more about my story. So I'll summarize it a little bit. I started my journey after ending business economics in financial consultancy for a very long time. I switched over to become an IT consultant with a hook supporting the financial, uh, some financial clients, for instance. In 2013, I found out that I was pregnant. It was the 1st of January and we were celebrating like, wow, we are becoming parents. So a few weeks later, I decided very early on to decided to share that with my managers at the time. I was having five managers, men and very small company, 30 people. Uh, The news wasn't wasn't well received, let's put it that way. So from the moment that I announced my pregnancy, that was also the moment that the dehumanization started, the bullying started, and which led towards me leaving for an early maternity leave because I was dealing with a risky hypertension, as in high blood pressure, which was not only risky for myself, but also for my unborn child. Luckily, Uh, My son, Orlando, nothing happened to him. And I'm so glad that he is my mirror, my my pillar, but it could have gone differently. The reason why I'm I'm sharing that right now, because a lot of women face this maternal bias where other people assume that the moment that they become pregnant or the moment that they become a mom, that all of a sudden they are worthless, they aren't, you know, they, they can't be, they can't do their task anymore. But if you would stand in the shoes of a mom, a mom who does it all, who works hard, does it all. And I'm more modern mom than a traditional mom. You would never walk in my shoes the way I'm walking in my shoes right now. So we have to give moms, especially the modern moms credit, all moms credit for what they are doing. Going back to my son. So when my son was about four months old, I realized that he is watching me, right? He is seeing me as his role model. And fast forward to maybe a vision, maybe a dream that I was having, like, okay, if my son would come up to me and tell me, mom, I'm facing challenges in the workplace where I'm being excluded, maybe being bullied, or maybe feel like I don't belong in the workplace, what would I say to him? And if I would tell him a certain advice, why am I not applying it towards myself? So then and there, I realized that 
I have a mission right now that is to leave this toxic workplace, but also to set an example for my son because our kids follow our steps. And the moment that we tolerate a bad environment or a toxic environment, the moment that we are also sh sharing with them that you have to, you know, you have to pull through, you have to, you have to keep your head down instead of speaking up. So I left, became a workplace wellness advocate because I like the change management factor or the change factor where you are working towards employees embracing the change and owning the change and feeling like they are part of the change. That's what I like. Combined with employee sustainability, which isn't sexy. So that's why I use I use the words workplace wellness. And how did I end up being in an inclusive space? So I use workplace wellness as a Trojan horse to invite conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion because one does not go without the other. And if you look at what happened one and a half years ago, a lot has happened. So within 15 months, my son has grown. We have grown together, but also come to the realization that our kids see everything, right? So even the lockdown was a challenge for all of us. But as a mother to witness and to see what happened on television in the Netherlands, they kept playing over and over the I'm not calling the George Floyd incident. It's not an incident. It was a massive attack towards a human being. And I was unfortunate enough to not grab the remote on, in time, whereas my son saw what was happening. He had a lot of questions. So he first went to his dad. His dad explained something to him. And his dad is Dutch. He's bi my son is biracial. But also uh, I had to do something which I was hoping never to do is to activate my double parenting and also tell him what it means to be seen as a black boy or as a black person, but also tell him why George Floyd died. So I told him basically very simple because he's six. I don't want to traumatize him, but he's six. I need to tell him something. And his only question that he had was, is anybody going to hurt you? That question in itself, it paralyzed me, but it also fueled me towards where, what I'm doing at the moment right now. Thank you so much for telling your story. It, it is just so powerful and you can see the connection that you have to the work and why it's just so important uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Can you tell me, for those that aren't familiar in corporate culture, we used to say D&I, like diversity and inclusion. Now it's D-E-N-I, you know, and equity. Can you talk about why it's important in the workplace, especially now? Especially now. Well, there are so many variations of D&I or you have D-E-I-B, as in the B is being belonging, or you have social D&I. So to me, it doesn't matter which variation you're using, as long as you are humanizing the aspect in the workplace, as in creating a workplace where people can be part of the situation or be part of the equation, right? So I have to warn people, if you haven't eaten, I will be using food acronyms <laughs> in this way. So I always use the example of a carrot cake, as in a company wants to create the best carrot cake. But to do that, you have to have your diverse ingredients. That's where your people come in. 
having those raisins or the, the carrot or maybe uh, the orange juice, if you're using oranges or maybe you're using, or maybe you're creating the carrot cake cheesecake version, you need special ingredients to make that carrot cake awesome. Otherwise your, your carrot cake will be dull and nobody wants to buy that. The second thing that you also need to realize that if you don't use special tools, and this is the equity part. If you don't provide your people the right tools to create that best carrot cake. So let's say if you don't provide a modern blender, if they need to do things by hand, it will take you know much more longer. And the, the way things are going right now, if you want to create thousands carrot cake, doing things by hand won't work. But your other colleague or your other person or your other talent in-house Maybe they need a chair, maybe they need a ladder, maybe they need, you know, some magical potion to make that carrot cake awesome. But having the in diverse ingredients and having the tools to create that carrot cake won't help you create that carrot cake because you're missing the kitchen, the culture, the inclusion part. If you don't turn the oven to a right temperature, which is happening a lot in the workplace, what will happen to your carrot cake? Even though you have the best ingredients, the best tools, your carrot cake will taste, it will become a disaster. And that's what happening because if you put your cake uh, too early in the oven, you will not have cake, but you have bread or you have a slice of bread because the cake is falling in, right? Or if you put it too high, then the cake from the outside looks good, but the inside not worthy of selling your cake. So let's create the best carrot cake in every company and let's work towards that culture to be able to provide a space where everybody feels part of the, of the equation, but also realize some people, not all people, but some people have a different upbringing, have a different culture, have a different way of getting access or maybe are not within a network so they have to work a little bit harder and that's where you know a lot of companies or a lot of people talk about the privilege work where you come to realize that some people do have a lot of access where they just walk in the door and reach from level one to level 100 whereas other people face hurdles they face crocodiles they face snakes they face so many hurdles along the way where if you are both starting in the same entry level and look back five years, you know, five years back or five years forward, you realize that there is something happening here. There is a pay gap. You see other people getting promoted. You see so many advantages because they are in the right circle. They are in the in-group. I really love that example and the analogy of a carrot cake, especially um, this idea that now you know, because of what has happened in the last 18 months, mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of organizations and leaders that are trying to, like you said, they're getting the ingredients or they're getting the tools, but they're, they're missing something broader, right? Mm -hmm. That culture. And so they're, they're trying to implement something that the culture is not ready for. So potentially they're bringing in, you know, different people into the culture and they potentially might not stay because yeah. it's not a great culture. Like you said, the cake is not baked. They're putting the cake in before it's even mixed up. 
I, I'm gonna mess up your analogy, but it doesn't um, matter. But it it <laughs> it it works that way. Or even you know, even removing the cake too early from the oven, right? It's also a disaster. We all know maybe cookies can be can be safe, but when you are creating that special carrot cake, you need the TLC to create that carrot cake. Yeah. No, I, I all of these things are just so important. I think it's a I love that analogy to talk about. It's not just it's not just something you can rush into mm-hmm. and it's something that you have to think about. You have to follow the recipe. The culture has to be ready to make some of these incremental and systemic changes within companies. Um, what you know, you're in the Netherlands, I'm in the US. Um, we have listeners primarily in the US, but um, also in other countries that are listening. I'd love to understand more of your perspective, the global perspective of DEI globally, kind of beyond this U.S. lens. You know, as we saw it to, you know, just um, just different civil unrest for real reasons. This has been happening for so many years in the United States. Can you tell me uh, how it's been within other countries? as you saw some of those things unfold, but what does it mean for companies and leaders outside of the U.S.? What a lot of people are doing when they are not based in the U.S. is they say, well, it's not worse like in the U.S., but uh, knowing that within Europe, we have similar challenges. The only thing is that we don't televise it as as big as in the in the US and every time that something happens in the US it's not a little thing it's a huge thing so that everybody jumps onto that but know that the civil unrest the social justice or the social injustice was felt all over the world a lot of people were standing up against the police brutality a lot of people were standing up against racism and a lot of people have been speaking up against discrimination and also know that we are dealing with a different generation. There is a generation, even inspiring myself, who don't understand why it's so challenging to create, at least work towards inclusion. Don't do the performative part where you're just you know, posting on social media or just posting the whole pink Washington where in June you sponsor LGBT. Or a lot of people feel compelled to say, yes, I'm an ally, I'm an LGBT ally, but you cannot claim the allyship title on your own. Somebody else has to name you as an ally. And it's not about, look at me, what I'm doing. It's about what actions are you really taking? And that's why I feel like there are companies that are doing well. And even though the companies that are doing well, there are still you know, some little raisins here and there that where mishaps happen. But we need to work DEI from inside out, from within. I'm seeing a lot of things where we are, companies are claiming to be diverse or claiming to be inclusive, but are your people saying the same thing? Yes. And there is right now, I mean, goodness, as I think everybody's paying more attention before it was like, our values are, you know, on the wall in the headquarters and you may or may not know them. We have a mission statement and this is what we do, but does your manager do that? Exactly. Do all leaders? That's why I also believe that there needs to be some kind of connection regarding the performance of the manager and regarding maybe people leaving the company or regarding the percentage of diversity. 
there needs to be a connection where it's part of the performance review of a manager or of a leader. I'm seeing a, more and more companies showcasing transparency reports where they at least are acknowledging and say that we want to do better. And this is what we did this year. So I'm not asking companies to tick all the boxes within the diversity wheel, because I know that we are dealing with age differences, we age diversity, we know gender diversity, there's also uh, ethnic diversity, right? I want you to ask your people, what are the three main things that your company wants to focus and peel that, layer that, you know, peel the layers of that onion and work together with your people. Your people are going to basically nominate what it is that they want, are willing to work on. There are a hundred things that you might be fixing, you might need fixing, but let's start with the urgent things first. Yeah, and, and I love that from a company perspective. In our previous conversation, we talked about what leaders can do, and we've talked about this idea of inclusive leadership versus traditional leadership, and I'd love to dig in on that a little bit. What is this traditional leadership versus inclusive leadership? And how do you know if you're actually doing it versus kind of this, this idea of performative? Yeah. yeah. So the traditional leadership, I'll bring it into context in what, ha what is happening right now, as in a lot of companies are basically saying that you can work again, as in, okay, what have I done this whole time in at home? Was I, you know, going back to work, right? We're going <laughs> was, back to what, work. was I doing nothing then all this time? <laughs> yeah. But what they are saying is they are opening up their doors so that you can come back to the office. Say yes. that. And since the fact that a lot of people also have, you know, noticed that some people like the remote working, they want to do it maybe 80% or 70%. Some people might be willing to come back 50% to the office or some people, you know, really want to stay at the office alone. What I haven't seen up to now with the companies that are saying that we are opening again is have you asked if people are comfortable? Because in the meantime, we have been conditioned to stay away from groups, to stay away from public places. And now you are just putting people into places as in a few months ago, it was dangerous to be amongst groups, right? Some people have built anxiety and I'll be honest, I'm not ready yet to meet people in groups. I am, however, meeting people one by one and an inclusive leader would ask their people, would ask the team members, how are you? How are you feeling? What can we do? Do you want a flexible working schedule or do you want to come back at the office and the traditional leadership, it's not a leader. It's a person who claims that, okay, now I can have control because you're at the office, you're in, I can watch what you're doing. And by the time that you come in nine o'clock and then by seven o'clock you're gone, I can see that you're working as in before I couldn't see that you're working. Traditional leadership during the, this whole virtual domain I noticed that a lot of companies uh, from reading, you know, some articles that a lot of companies were putting some uh, screen software so that they can see if a person was really sitting behind their desk. And I'm just like, who has the time? Yeah, it's astonishing. And I've seen a couple of the TikTok hacks for people who are just 
attach their mouse to like a fan or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because they're <laughs> they're gonna hack it because it because there's lo there's low trust right in the environments yeah an inclusive leader is um, a person who trusts their people but also knows how to empower their people an inclusive leader is basically the next level for an inclusive leader is allyship because a leader who is an ally who understands and supports and speaks up, but also provides a room for people who might be in a meeting, but a little bit quiet, or might be sharing an idea, uh, what is happening to a lot of women in the workplace. And then a, a man is saying the same idea. And then all of a sudden, everybody's rooting for that guy. Vivian, how many times can you count that that has happened to you personally? No. It's so no, many, no, no, there's no. too many no, times, no. too many times. Too many times, but let's say that the Vivian before she was 30 would tolerate that. This Vivian, no way. <laughs> I will bring people back and say, wasn't it Margaret sharing that idea, but then you were all quiet and now you're saying that? Hmm, okay. And I, I would assume too in, in different sectors, like you said, in IT and it's just harder sometimes to kind of show up in these rooms. So I love these, this idea of inclusive leaders. Yeah. You know, what are you doing in the room to create the space? So um, creating space, you mentioned, could be just asking others' opinions. What other ways can inclusive leaders create that space that you've seen work well? You don't always need a meeting to ask a person how they are doing. So maybe this person is quiet. Have that one-on-one -on, -one on them. I feel like we need to bring back uh, a you manual where everybody can create their own manual as in, okay, this is my Ikea guide. <laughs> if you, if you, I am happiest when I do this, I am happiest when I am in America and enjoying my, my holidays, for instance, what makes you tick, right? What, what, what are you doing outside? The reason why I'm saying that is because there is something something essential happened during this lockdown. I noticed that a lot of leaders, leaders that I was talking to were not connected with their people. Maybe in the meantime, somebody else is dealing with a loss because of this, because of the COVID, or maybe you didn't know that your colleague was diabetic. Maybe you didn't know that your colleague had a heart illness. The reason why I'm saying that, because the last thing that you want is to create a situation where I did not know that and they are gone. We need to connect on a human level. And I'm not saying that we need to, you know, be in people, their, their private spaces, but we need to know more about people, the personal stuff, the human stuff, instead of only seeing ourselves as colleagues or as coworkers or it's work, work and the professional and the personal life are intertwined. I cannot put my mask off the moment that I'm on work and I cannot put my mask off the moment that I'm at home. I'm the same Vivian and I will use the same emotions that I have now. Maybe a little tone it down a little bit, uh, but I'll use the same emotions when I'm in the workplace and when I'm at home. I think the pandemic and working from home I feel like there was a layer uh, and I can speak personally to this and what I experienced. I used, I would have been mortified previously 
if like one of my kids like came behind me in a zoom meeting or something, right? Like, oh my goodness. Oh, can you hear them in the background? Like, oh, oh my gosh, there's somebody outside doing their lawn work. I'm so sorry. I should have put it on mute or the dog is barking. And I feel like at least that part of the pandemic has given us, I feel like we relaxed a bit. So now it's just like, oh yeah, the kid might come in or, you know, I might get a delivery or whatever it is. And I feel like we have a, just a level of more forgiveness for those kinds of things, which is wonderful. And I think we even talked about before how sometimes that also shows the human side too. Because it does. when the kid comes in, you can see me being a mom. Yeah. We all remember the BBC journalists yes. where the mom was doing some kind of ninja trick to get all those kids out. And now we are laughing about that. But I host my Humanize the Workplace podcast. It's a blog. They always see my son most of the time when he wants to. He says goodbye because at that time it's his bedtime. And I am going to do my best to say goodbye or to give him, you know, say goodnight to him. Yeah. He's part of what I'm doing. He's part of, you know, what, why I'm advocating for that and to leave our kids out of that. That's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. And I, and I wonder how, you know, the, the tidbits of, you know, seeing people's living rooms or kitchens or dining rooms or, you know, kids in the background will lose a, a bit of it as you go back to the office. But I wonder as an inclusive leader, how do you keep some of that? You build your team. Mm -hmm. Something that is also forgotten during this pandemic before a lot more, I was hoping that a lot more companies, at least the companies that I'm working with are doing team building. But during this pandemic, we have forgotten that we need to build our team. It's a relationship that you're working on. And if you don't work on that relationship or don't do you know, uh, a temperature check, you'll never notice that the temperature might be too high or too low. Maybe that person might be leaving. Maybe that person is bringing bad vibes to the workplace and that's not what you want. So you need to build, create moments where you build a team and that can be that you are watching a documentary together or playing virtual games or playing bingo. It can be so simple, as simple as that. But we need to think about the little things because would you... Be in a space where you would only talk about work and not have fun. If that's the case, then count me out because I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I feel like inclusive leaders would hopefully be setting time aside to do this. And at the, as we go back to work, I go back to work. See, to I office. go back to the <laughs> office. I mean, people have been working harder now, I think, yes, yes. now that they're home. But as you go back to the office, I feel like there's probably going to be some behaviors that come back, just like muscle memory, right? We're gonna, people are going to go back into their commutes. They're going to get back into the swing of things as if it were 2019. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I hope. I hope not. I hope not. But also realize a lot of people they have loved the time that they that they gained back because they are not commuting anymore. Let's say that there is a prediction and it's already happening that a lot of people are reflecting 
Do I yes. want to go back to that same space? Do I want to go back to maybe that same environment where I wasn't tolerated? Recently, there was a, an article about women, especially Black women, if they are ready to go back to the office. And a lot of them said, no, they want to work from home. Yeah, this idea of what you what was a non-negotiable before. Mm-hmm, exactly. There's more of them now. Yeah. And so as an inclusive leader, what are some of the things that you should be doing to prepare for the complexity of home and work and all of the above? How can you show up for your team? You can show up for your team by having a coach. You also need a coach as well. Educate yourself, but have a coach, have somebody who can support you in this inclusive journey. I, it seems like leaders need to know it all and do it all and behave all in all, but no, you have a team. You can do it together. Know how to delegate. It's also about creating that team where you are rowing together in a synchrony, right? Or synchronous swimming, where you are creating music together. Symphony, that's what I was looking for. We are creating music together. And if you don't coach your team into creating the best carrot cake or the best music, nobody's going to buy your cake and nobody's going to listen to your music because you're out of tone. Ooh, I love that analogy too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love your answer because I was expecting you to say, give more time to your team, like first, which of course, intentional time for your team, of course you need to do. But your first answer was invest in help for yourself to figure out how to do it. Ooh. Leading starts with yourself. Self-leadership, yes. then inclusive leadership. Then we focus on allyship. Self-leadership first. I love that so much. Lead thyself. (laughs) Yeah. To understand what you are doing. I remember I was in uh, an organization, you know, and I've been an executive in HR and in different places. Somebody, we were talking about how often we were meeting with our teams. Mm -hmm. I was talking with a peer and I said, oh, I have one-on-ones weekly with each of my direct reports. And then we have a team meeting and then I do check-ins and then I do skip level meetings. And she was just like, oh, I don't do that. I do this and I don't spend as much time. Like that's a lot of time. Like, uh-huh, it is, <laughs> it is a lot of time, but it's well worth it. Right. Because mm-hmm you know, I have just as much work as she did and all the kind of stuff. But like, if I know my people, I can delegate more. I can understand where they are. I can do all of this stuff. So that time that I spend, yes, it's less time that I can be in meetings or get my own work done, but it's creating the culture that I want. And then you care. Yeah. And I care, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, as you, as you measure, you know, the engagement of the teams, Shocker. Guess who had a guess whose engagement was higher? <laughs> um, it's not a shocker. Not that I not that I care that it was higher, but the the idea that you know it's time well spent to be a leader who is there to understand what the team needs, it helps you as well. Yeah. And also when somebody of your team is making a a mistake and I see that a learning lesson, support them because 
if they make a mistake, you made a mistake and we all made mistakes. And from out of mistakes, you can create magic. You can create that best carrot cake. Even the light bulbs was created out of a thousand mistakes, right? So give people a break and let them learn from that mistake. If they haven't learned from that mistake, then that's something else. But we need to activate the growth mindset amongst us all. Yes, growth mindset is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think that's people are like less risk averse. You're going to have a lot less magic, like you said, unless you kind of learn from mistakes and aren't afraid to fail. Because what's going to happen generally, there's repercussions because yeah. you didn't meet the numbers or you didn't do it fast enough. But an inclusive leader, what I'm hearing you say, creates the space for learning and growth. Exactly. Exactly. And does better and does better uh, themselves, right? Does better by honoring, but also does better by being authentic. Just sharing that you don't know it all. I don't know it all. But what I do know is I know people who know more or who can fill in that gap. And then I create, I can create an inclusive team by asking them, what do you want? I think that is the best advice is what do you want or how mm-hmm. can I support you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This conversation so much. I'm going to switch gears. So I would love to hear more about things that are going on for you and your business. And before we were talking about a summit that is coming up from you called the Amplified DEI Leadership Summit of 2021. Can you tell me more about it? What is it and who is the primary audience that you're trying to reach? So remember that my son asked me that question about who's going to hurt you. Yes. Let's say that after that question paralyzed me, I then knew that I had to step up. So a few days later, I noticed that Alexis Ohanian did something to be able to answer his child. And his question was, what his daughter would say, what well, dad, what would you do? And then he decided to step down from Reddit. So the people that don't know Alexis Ohanian, because I, I do talk a lot about him, like everybody knows him. You might know him as the partner of Serena Williams, but I know him as the former co-founder of Reddit. And he stepped down to make space for somebody. I don't have their budget, unfortunately, but <laughs> I do have... I do know a lot of people and I wanted to be able to answer the similar question when my son comes to me and say, mom, what did you do? How did you elevate the conversation? What did you do to make it better? And that's why I created a summit. It's called Amplify DEI. It's a summit inviting people wherever they are at. So if you're just starting your journey, if you are in the middle of this DEI journey or somewhere feel like you are intermediate, we welcome everybody because I am learning. We all need to learn. It doesn't stop. We need to keep continuing that marathon because every time that we are doing something, we need to tweak it, right? If you look at the iPhone and I'm not plugging because I'm not an iPhone fan, but I have to I have to use their example right the iphone was you know the first prototype when you match that towards the iphone now they tweaked it they made it better and that's what i want for the workplaces as well we need to tweak belonging we need to create better steps for inclusion so that more and more people are excited to come to work instead of feeling like they are you know on a sunday evening they have a headache 
because the next day they have to work. That's not the case. We want to create a space where people feel like they are belong, they are at home, but in the professional setting. Well, I'm really excited about the summit. Mm -hmm. And likewise, <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about it. And um, I'm really happy because you've also offered five spots to our audience. And so we'll put a link in our show notes on how you can grab one of those spots for free. If you join the you belong in the C-suite community to get your chance to get one of those five spots in the virtual conference. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, this summit is going to be epic. It's an international summit. Um, I now have like 70 international speakers and I'm still working on, on some, but it's going to be amazing. And what the amazing part is, my son doesn't even realize the impact that he has created. It's, it's because of him that I'm able to do this. And it's also because of him that I'm fueled to do this. And everything that I can do to, to create that ripple effect to be able to create more inclusive workplaces, I'm in. I am in too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much for your time today and for being a part of this. And um, I'm just super excited about everything that you're doing. And thank you. And everyone, please follow and like and share and all of the stuff. The world needs more inclusive leaders and inclusive leadership. And I'm just happy that we're able to learn a little bit from you and we'll continue to learn from you. Thank you. Thank you, Laura, for having me and the audience. I wish you an amazing journey on this inclusive space. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care. Mm -hmm.